Episode three of my SoPod Life, the podcast where we lovingly examine the love letter to teen angst that is my so-called life. We're your hosts, Kate and Selena. We're here to talk about guns and gossip. Episode three. Um, do you remember this episode when you first saw it? I don't think. Th- I think this was one of the ones I didn't see originally and only saw for the first time when I rewatched it like six years ago. Okay, yeah, I was the same way. Um, I mean, I remember seeing it as a young person, but it wasn't like. I don't know. I don't think it had the impact that it would have now. No. (laughs) I kind of just saw it and was like, that's crazy, but was more into Angela's drama. Right. And now seeing it through the eyes of like what's happening in in our current state, I'm like, Angela's such a dumb dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That B story is is really the point. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So in case you guys don't know, this is like a very special episode of My So-Called Life. Um, unfortunately, the subject matter is extremely timely because it deals with guns in school. Um, so we're going to approach this with, with the sensitivity and gravity that it deserves. But also it's this show. It's my so-called life's take on the subject. So it's also rife with like unnecessary drama and nonsense. So R.I.P. that soda can. Right. <laughs> so. so please know that we're not in any way like making light of guns in school, but we're just going to make fun of the show and the characters and how they handle it. Because come on. Yeah. And I mean, if anything, it's it's. The way that this show treats this particular thing is fairly horrifying in retrospect. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. Especially by today's standards. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. So just know that we're not like making the ha-has about guns in school. It's just this show. All right. So uh, first, we're going to take a look at the Angela and Jordan storyline. Angela and Jordan's complete sex. (laughs) So gross. That's phrasing. I know. All right. So Angela's in class where uh, they're watching a rainy day video, like the kind where it would be raining outside. So your teacher's like, I don't feel like doing work. We're just going to watch a movie. Um, So they're watching a a thing about the JFK speech Um, in her classic style of not understanding how to appropriately react to historical events. She says this. Grown-ups like to tell you where they were when President Kennedy was shot, which they all know to the exact second. Which makes me almost jealous. Like I should have something important enough to know where I was when it happened. But I don't yet. Oh, <laughs> biggest eye roll. Don't worry, Angela, September 11th is coming, so you don't have to be jealous anymore. Yeah, you're going to get yours. Yeah, in seven years, you, you'll you know where you were at a thing. And it's like... This is oh, this is just the first of her making like everything about her. Like I, I mean, wish I was somewhere. This was the, this is a real Anne Frank situation, <laughs> you know. Yeah, which is appropriate because it's like teenagers are self-involved. I was too. That's just how you are. But goodness. So while this is happening, some girls in class are like super obviously passing a note around and looking at Angela like they open the note and then look at Angela and she's just kind of looking around like, what the heck is going on? So Rianne gets the note, opens it, stifles a laugh and then hands it to Angela. Uh, So right when she gets the note and opens it, everyone hears a gunshot go off and they flood into the hallways because this is before the days of lockdown. Right. This would never happen today. Yeah, where it's like, run towards the gunshot. What's happening? Yeah, let's all check it out. Like, no, you know, they don't have procedures in place. Yeah. So it goes off somewhere in the hall. So everybody runs out there. Um, and Angela, 
Like everyone's outside like, oh my gosh, what is happening? What's going on? Angela can't be bothered to express concern about a gunshot because she's too enraptured with her own drama when it's revealed that the note says. <laughs> I can't even handle what the I know. note says. She opens it and it's in like big red or like big black Sharpie and it says, Angela and Jordan Catalano, complete sex in his car. Can you believe her? <laughs> complete sex. Complete. So I guess sex to completion. Like uh, I don't know what that means. I have never used that phrase. You should. Like tonight be like, do you want to have complete sex? <laughs> I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can say that. So the gunshot is is an event that's not important enough to remember where she was when it happened compared to this completely life-ruining note. Well, the note is about her. The gunshot is not. That's so. true. So why in the world would she care about yeah, that? Yeah, who cares about that? Yeah. Uh, so Angela squeezes into the super crowded girls bathroom where everyone's like buzzing about the gunshot. But good old Angela can only talk about the note. Rayanne tells her to chill out about it. <clears throat> when Ricky comes in, he says <laughs> that he also heard the rumor. And Angela says this. <laughs> you heard it too? God, just shoot me. The very definition of too soon, Angela. Jeez. She probably doesn't even like realize the parallel because she's not even paying attention to the gunshot situation no and or she doesn't even realize that a gunshot happened because she was too busy reading a note so yeah she's just like what are you guys talking about there's a rumor going around about me i don't even care so angela tells them that she and jordan only had quote inter introductory kisses in his car and rayanne advises her to spin this rumor into a way to get further in her pursuit of jordan which is like she's just kind of like you could use this to like get further with him so the next day, Angela and Rayanne are in gym class, and Angela points out that guys are starting to, quote, look at her like they're looking at me, which is true. They're like super pervy, obviously perving, and it's gross. Like, super gross. Yeah. It grossed me out like they were looking at me. Like, yeah. good job, dudes on that show who were in charge of looking pervy because you did it. Yeah. I had to look away. Yeah, like they're just, Angela and Rayanne are kind of standing off to the side, and these boys are like all playing basketball, so they'll like do a jump shot and then <laughs> jog by and be like, Hey, just like not breaking eye contact, like super eyes, creepy eyes, <laughs> like looking at her. And so she's like, do you see this? Do you see what's happening? Like these guys are looking at me. Also, when this is happening in gym class, they're wearing, I guess their gym clothes or sweats or whatever, but like body suits. Okay. I'm, I was going to talk about this. We can talk about it now. So all the, like the girls are pretty much just free to wear whatever they want. Yeah. Like, Cause the no guys are all wearing like standard issue high school gym clothes. Yeah. Ex Except for Jordan, who's wearing jeans and a t-shirt. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so all the guys are wearing just like Heather Gray t-shirts and black shorts, like black gym shorts. Right. Like the kind you have to buy at the beginning of the school year for gym class. Yeah. And they don't have like a logo or anything on them. They're just like standard red. But Jordan is wearing a gray t-shirt and baggy jeans, which I feel like is totally true of this kind of guy who yes. would be like too cool to wear gym He's shorts. He's like, I'm not going to dress out. I don't care if I get dem demerits or the suit whatever. Cut. Yeah. He'd be like, I'll take the suit cut. I'm not wearing like stupid dorky shorts. Yeah. Like, he's in baggy jeans playing basketball. Which, like, I knew these guys, and here's yes. the thing about doing that. Uh, if you go to PE and don't change into PE clothes, you are smelly afterwards. Right. <laughs> and you have to wear those all day. And those are your regular clothes. There's yeah. a reason yeah. that you put on gym clothes. Exactly. And now thinking back, I'm like, yes, of course you would change into gym clothes. Right. But at the time, it's like, no, there's no, I'm not, that's not cool. So, yeah, he's wearing that, and the girls are just, yeah, wearing, like, tank tops and leotards and short shorts, and it's just like, girls wear whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. So, um... 
They see Jordan and Rayanne wonders if it's possible that Jordan started the rumor citing that it's, quote, a very guy thing to do. Which it is. Yes. I mean. Uh, so in the hallway, Rayanne confronts Jordan in one of the handful, like a handful of times that we see her actually being a good friend to make sure that Jordan isn't telling everybody that he stuck it in Angela. Like, <laughs> she's just like, are you the one that's saying this? Like, don't say this about my friend. Um, in a contrary display of abhorrent behavior Angela looks over she's like standing in the hallway and she sees Ricky being bullied and pushed up against a wall and does nothing yeah she's just watching this go down like all she had to do was walk up there yeah and be like hey what's happening here please stop and then to make matters worse Ricky makes eye contact eye contact with her sees her see him like being bullied and sees that she is doing nothing Angela's trash in this moment. Trash. Pure trash. Yeah. So upsetting. Like, what kind of friend are you? Not a good one. Like, as a person who people were not super nice to in school, I do not appreciate this. Yeah. And you depend on your friends to come in and be like, hey, knock it off. Especially when you're one of those kids who has, like, one friend. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So she then sees Sharon stare at her and whisper to some or something to a friend. She's like standing in the hallway and Angela walks by and Sharon does that super obvious thing where she like leans over and like cups her hand in her friend's ear and they whisper and then they both they like look, look at right Angela. at her. Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously talking about Angela and then Sharon stares at her while she walks by, then continues to stare with more staring as she turns around to stare and glare as she walks away staring. Like it's like the most staring possible yeah so while angela is looking back at sharon in the master's tournament of staring (laughs) angela bumps into a police officer inspecting a crime locker and reacts like no human i've ever seen i don't i don't even know how to describe how this is i guess maybe like if uh alien put on human skin and was trying to walk around and then like made contact with another human and was just like i don't know how to react hello fellow human like that like just like looks at the floor and then kind of looks up at him shiftily and then looks at, it's so weird we might have to like take a clip of it and put it on instagram yeah it's, it's it's bizarre it's what, like what is that reaction yeah it's really weird uh also angela's wearing this like super 90s outfit that i kind of love so it's like a long sleeve thermal it's like burgundy and then over that she's wearing her sleeveless chambray shirt yeah from the first episode which like, i love stuff. that this show like not very many teen yes. shows do this i love that this show reuses clothes yes because realistic yeah because teens do not have a new outfit every day i love that they reuse them and i love that it's they're, they're remixing them in different outfits too totally yes and that is it's not like saved by the bell where every episode they have like a new like shorts and top set it's like yeah, yeah it's like oh that's that flannel from that one episode now she's wearing it with a skirt or right. whatever yeah i love that super realistic but yeah so so she's wearing a thermal, the sleeveless chambray shirt, plaid shorts, and then black tights under the shorts and boots. Hi, I wore this um, like six months ago. I was going to say, hi, I would wear this like today. Yeah, the, t- <laughs> the tights and shorts thing was my yep. thing in the 90s, and uh, it is my thing again, and no one can stop me. <laughs> yep, I'm so glad it came back, because there's so many times it's like, I want to wear shorts, but I don't want my like extremely long white legs to show. Right, so. <laughs> or for me, it's like, I would like to wear a pant-like thing, but no pants fit me, but I could wear these shorts, but it's winter. Right. And then so, you can just throw docs on and it's like, which complete. is exactly what I do. Yeah. yeah. So had a school parent meeting about guns that night. Patty and we meet Rayanne's mom, Amber, for the first time. So after the meeting, like they there's a whole like parent teacher thing we'll get to. But they're hanging out in the school parking lot. They kind of walk out together and talking about their daughter's friendship. So Amber says that Rayanne is in love with Angela and that every <laughs> everything else is in black and white. But Rayanne thinks that Angela is, quote, in color. 
And Amber smokes, so you know that she's like one of those moms. Right. Yeah. Not to be taken seriously or trusted. Yeah. Or that Patty's like judging her silently because she's like, oh, she smoked. Like smoking is kind of the sitcom like TV way to to telegraph like, oh, you can't trust this person because right. the smoke. Yeah. They're bad. <laughs> yeah. So Amber does her classic scream, which you will all learn to hate I as I do. Yep. Right. And attempts to celebrate with Patty over Angela and Jordan's new sex life. Oh, God. Which, Jordan, is unbelievable. Your daughter has complete taste. Excuse me? Rayanne showed me his picture in the yearbook. If I were Angela running around with him, I wouldn't give a damn about guns in the school either. Complete taste. Incomplete so, sex. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, first of all, I feel like that complete taste... Uh, so you kind of see where Rayanne gets her vocal tics. Right. But then also I wondered, like, is that... Am I supposed to make that connection and then think maybe Rayanne wrote that note? Oh, that's interesting. Because maybe that's what we were supposed to think. And is maybe that her way to like push them together quicker or to like... Like maybe she thought she was doing a favor and that's why when Angela's all upset about it, she's like, no, you can use this. Like that's maybe what we were supposed to think. Yeah. Or like boost Angela's street cred. Or maybe, yeah, she thought like, oh, she'll love this because then they can get together. And then when Angela reacted the way she did, she kind of backpedaled and was like, oh, Uh, disavow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, stop saying this to people. Right. That's an interesting theory. I don't know. Um, but this is also where Patty learns about Jordan for the first time to illustrate the fact that, like, Angela doesn't talk to her about anything. So she had to hear it, like, through the circuitous route of <laughs> Amber being like, yeah, you know, Jordan, your daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, and the guy like, she's boning. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Complete <laughs> sex. <laughs> and Patty's like, uh, yeah, Jor- uh, Jordan, of course. So cut straight to Patty and Graham in the kitchen. And Patty's like freaking out about this and says everything is falling apart because there are guns in school and Angela's having sex. Because <laughs> those two things are equally disastrous, Definitely. right? Yeah. Uh, when Angela comes in, Patty says that Amber told her about Jordan and asked whether or not they've slept together. And Angela's reaction is completely appropriate. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Just kidding. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I hate everyone. I mean, to be fair, that's my reaction to like a lot of things. Well, yeah. Now as a 36 year old person. (laughs) And what's my reaction to a lot of things as a teenager? Like, yeah, I hate everyone. Everyone shut up. What is is this? I hate everyone. (laughs) And probably would be if my mom was like, are you sleeping with that guy that's super cool that like barely talks to you? And she'd be like, shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) Also in this, this, while all the scene is happening, they're in the kitchen and Graham's cooking and everybody is like losing their dang mind over cilantro. Yeah, I okay. So as a person who cooks, right. I was like, oh, cilantro, how revolutionary. I mean, and I guess like this was, I mean, I don't know. This was also the, 90s. the 90s. Like if you if you think about like something that seems food wise really dated now, like a Wolfgang Puck pizza or like couscous. Right. Yeah. That stuff was like new and hot. Right. Then. So, I mean, it's like it's sort of like the delicious cumin situation right. on 90210. Yeah. Um, it seems dumb to us now, but like maybe cilantro was a big deal. It was the like, same way that smoked salmon on pizza was a big deal yeah. then. And now it's like, uh, okay, basic. Yeah. You it know, was like we're just used to it. Herb. <laughs> right. Yeah. The up and coming. It would be like if they were like, yeah, we're having this like really exotic feast with hummus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Yeah. It's like the old Thai basil. You right. Know? Right. So yeah, everybody just comes in and like Graham's having everybody taste everything. And it was like, oh my gosh, is this cilantro? Oh, and then I kept wondering what he was making because then also she's like, oh, is this the phyllo? And it's like, what are you making with cilantro? But then you're also making a phyllo. You're making some kind of puff pastry thing. Like what is happening? It was like phyllo cilantro and then like chicken. Yeah. So what? Oh, and tomatoes. What is this meal? 
Yeah, because he said, I think he said the t- the cilantro would balance out the tomatoes. Yeah. So it's your classic chicken cilantro tomato, tomato filo puff. Filo roll. I, okay. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. And because it's the 90s, it's 100% sun-dried tomato. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. From a jar. Gross. Yuck. All right. So <laughs> poor Graham. He's just doing his best. So the next day in class, Angela is distracted by this 30-year-old student in a letterman jacket that keeps staring at her. This guy seriously looks... I mean, I know we say this about all the guys, but he definitely does not look 17. No. He's like a 30-year-old accountant. He's my age now. Yeah. And so he passes her a note that Angela finds so distasteful that she gets up and walks out of class. We don't know what the, what the note says. She just opens it and looks at him like, uh, you're gross and walks out. So, of course, because, you know, people can walk out when I assumed it was that he had laid his penis on the piece of paper <laughs> and traced around it, which is an idea that I got from watching Catfish the other day. Um, so that's what I decided the note was. <laughs> it was like an analog dick pic. Yeah. Effective. Uh, P.S. All this note drama is happening during a very, very poignant discussion about bullying, guns, and self-defense in class, which we'll hear later. But it's like, it's a very important part of the show or part of the like story or whatever. And Angela's just like, oh, this note and just gets up and walks out in the middle. Well, so. if somebody sent you a tracing of their dick, you would probably do that too. Maybe. Yeah. Also, of course she walks out of class because that's, we can do that. Yeah. Like I can, I can, I'm obsessed with how they can just come and go. I can't get over I know, it. I will never school. get over it. And it's like never once is a teacher like, hey, sit down. Yeah. Where are you going? Or yeah. Or even questions, even if they were going to like be like, okay, fine then. Nobody even says, where are you going? Yeah. It's just like, oh, are you done here? Okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 she's leaving. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> later, Angela is in the school hired therapist's office because they brought in this therapist to like do whatever for like, uh, what's it called? Like trauma, like a trauma counselor, yeah. basically, because of this gun incident. And if you can freaking believe it, Angela <laughs> finds a way to make this about her and her second rate drama. I believe it. People say things about people and it doesn't always mean it's true. You mean about who might be carrying a gun? About anything. Any weapon? No, just about anything anybody says about people. It's not always true. I just think people want to believe things about people, and so they decide certain things are true, and they don't even ask, and it's not fair. (laughs) Cry voice. I don't even ask. This is also where we get Angela's first, like, ugly cry face, yeah, which I love, the by the way. famous ugly cry face, which you can still see on Homeland yeah. all the time. And I will defend it till the day I die. I think it's effective and good. I have a soft spot in my heart for ugly cry faces. I do, t- I mean, like, who cries? I don't, I cry ugly. Like, uh, yeah. I don't, if you don't look ugly when you cry, then I, you might be doing it wrong. Yeah. Get it all out, man. Yeah. But also, nobody cares, Angela. Your best friend was almost shot. Spoiler. There are bigger issues going on than your sex rep. Read a room, Angela. Nobody cares. That night at home, Angela is being performatively angsty, <laughs> lying in her bed listening to Dreams by the Cranberries, uh, R.I.P. Dolores Horridan. Yeah. Uh, but Patty, like, oh. mom dances into the room. Oh, the mom dancing. I want a gif of the mom dancing. Oh, it is so... Oh, like I like I want to do it right now, but you can't see me. Yeah. But the mom dancing. It's like this little like, it, like imagine like a like a middle aged white lady dancing. That's right. pretty much what it looks like. But it's she comes in because this the music is super loud because Angela's a teenager and that's how you listen to music in your room. But so she comes in and turns it down and Angela's like, you might as well just turn it off. And Patty's like, no, I like it. I'm cool. Yeah. And then like, I'm hip. I'm, and then she can, and then she mom dances over to the bed. She keeps, she keeps doing it. Her only mode of transportation <laughs> in the room is mom dancing. So she dances over to have an awkward sex talk with Angela. 
So when Angela says Jordan isn't her boyfriend, Patty refers to him as her male pal. Which Barf. I feel like it's so much worse. Okay. Uh, a pal then. Yeah. A male pal. Uh, like what's wrong, wrong with the word friend? Right. A, a boy who's your friend. Yeah. A male pal. Guy friend? My male pal. Ugh. This is, I'm going to start introducing my boyfriend as my male pal. Hi, this is my, oh, this, have you met? This is my male pal. This is my male pal. We have complete sex. Yeah. <laughs> See information nobody wants. Yeah, information nobody wants. Exactly. So Angela says that she's not even uh, not even close to having sex with uh, Jordan to an embarrassing degree, especially with Jordan. So like, we crap on Patty a lot, but she does a good job here because she's saying that she wants Angela to be prepared whenever the time comes, instead of forbidding Angela to have sex, which Wait. I thought was like. Yeah, pretty good for guys. I feel like normally, especially for Patty, who is so reactionary about everything. Yeah, and for shows at this time, I yeah. feel like it would just be like, well, you know, like you don't like don't have sex. Yeah, otherwise, you know, your vagina will fall off and you'll die. Right, AIDS and pregnancy and all the things. Yeah. But I she, mean, she does mention AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> when she talks about it, but but yeah, she's just like like, hey, I just want you to be prepared when and if the time comes. So I thought that was probably or that was cool. Yeah. But we also know that Patty gave it away like Costco samples in high school. So right. Well, at least she's not being a a hypocrite here. Exactly. (laughs) So the next day at school, Angela sees Jordan. What else? Using eye drops in the hallway. Using them so big. That is the biggest eye drop use I've ever seen. It is so like perform. Like it's like he winds up from all the way back and then is like, Visine. Like you see it coming so far away. Yeah. Because he asked it. Maybe he's like also doing that performatively like, oh, I got to use eye drops because I'm so high from smoking in the boiler room. I mean, it's entirely possible because like I knew that dude well, yeah. it was, like who would be like, I got to use my eye drops right now. Yeah. I got to use my binaca right. And I was right. just, it was just like, OK, good for you. Yeah. Good job being a burnout. Yeah. So Jordan walks up to Angela and talks to her about the rumor. And we hear Angela's internal dialogue. I knew then that the rumor was right. Not in actuality, but in my heart, because at that moment, I would have done anything. I wanted him so much. No, No. Angela, no. (laughs) This is like her reaction the other day to him, like forcing herself, forcing himself on her. Yeah. This is like, all of a sudden it was perfect. Like, what? Yeah. No, 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 no. So Jordan reassures her that he didn't start the rumor because he's, quote, not like that. Okay. But then. It's like I might as well have done it anyway at this point. Oh. You know, I mean, if everybody's talking about it already, maybe we, uh, I mean, if everybody's already assuming it anyway, maybe we should just... Mm, he totally is like that. Well, anytime a guy tells you he's not like something, that's what he's like. Yeah, it's like the, for the most part, the adjacent equivalent of being like, "Hey, I'm a nice guy." It's, and it's like, like no, okay, you're not. well, if you had to tell me that, then you are definitely trash. <laughs> then you're not. So, <laughs> so while he's saying that, she's fixated on his collar, like on his shirt collar, like a creep, which is coming apart. Like he quote comes from a poor family and can't afford new clothing. How romantic. Yeah. So, like, the whole time that he's saying, like, well, we might as well do it because, like, everybody said she's just, like, staring at his collar dead-eyed. And then it's just like, I gotta go. And then panics and, like, runs away. So d- don't don't let him say that to you. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> so next we see Angela splashing cold water on her face in the girl's bathroom to quiet her case of the tangles. So she ducks into a stall and Sharon and some other girl come in and she overhears Sharon further perpetuating the car sex rumor and reveals that Brian Krakow may have started the rumor saying that he said the whole thing. So this is referring back to the fake ID episode. Right. So Brian Krakow is basically telling everybody that like 
Jordan pulled up in front of his house. Angela got in the car. This was the whole thing where he like forced himself on or whatever. But Brian's telling everyone like, oh, they had complete sex in the car. Right. And and the way that Sharon retells it is that she, she says that he told her that they did it right in the front yard. Oh like, I'm like, I, which maybe means when they were sitting in the car in front of the house, but yeah. when she's the way she phrases it makes it sound like Brian said that they were like literally doing it on the lawn. Right. Which, like, who would even believe that? Also, and Brian's house is across the street from Angela's house. Yeah. So her parents would see that. <laughs> if you're going to go do complete sex with Jordan, it's not going to be on the lawn across the street from your parents' house. Yeah. In front of Brian Crack It's just not. House. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you. Does everyone not do that? I, yeah. <laughs> This is not really my thing. <laughs> so the next day at school, Angela confronts Brian in the computer lab by saying that she doesn't want to talk to him and then immediately starts talking to him. It's just like, I don't want to talk to you. Why did you blah, blah, you know, just like turns around and starts talking to him. So she asks if he saw Ricky with the gun. When Brian says that nobody is interested in the truth, Angela seizes that opportunity to pivot this conversation into the rumor that he started about her. So at least she carried it or cared about Ricky for like a whole nine seconds. I think it was more like five. Yeah. And it's just like, what about Ricky and this guy? What? What about this rumor? <laughs> so when Angela calls him out for lying, Brian flips the script and it is great. But it's just that you lied too. When you said you didn't know anything about Jordan coming over that night, because I thought about it for like 50 hours. You knew it, didn't you? You used me. It's not the same. And maybe it is because you just did what you wanted and you didn't care about what damage it did to anybody else. Uh, preach, Brian. Yeah. Sick burn. It's <laughs> yeah. true. And she needs to hear it because she does. She uses people. She's a user. So basically, he says this to her and she gets pissed and like storms out of the computer lab. So we're back in the hallway where Jordan attempts to apologize to Angela in the limited way that he knows how. And it is flipping awful. Maybe what you were saying wasn't so wrong. No, it it was really wrong. Why? And I just want to let you know it'll make you feel better. I'm just going to make it real clear that... I don't, like, have any real interest in you or anything. You know, so let's stop saying all that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, so this is Jordan's, like, heroic way of being like, oh, I'm going to put this rumor to a stop. If it'll make you feel better, I'll tell people that we're not interested in each other and it doesn't even mean anything. It's totally negging. It is. And it's, like, the, uh, not an apology that's not, like... It's, I don't, it's, it's, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And I don't understand if he's doing this to like manipulate her, like, yeah, like nag her into being like, no, 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 I do want you. Cause at first she comes up to him and she was like, well, I was kind of thinking about what you said, referring to the whole, like, well, as long as people are saying we did it, we might as well. So right. she's on the verge of being like, yeah, you're kind of right. As long as people are saying it, maybe we shouldn't. He's just like, nope, nope. I'm just going to tell people that like, you're not, it's like this passive aggressive move of being like, oh no, no, you're not interested. Like, I'm just going to tell people where you're not interested. Total, you know? Yeah. I think it's totally, I think it's totally manipulative. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so, I just hate if it'll make you feel better. And I will say that like Claire Dane slash Angela does the best job of fake smiling through the scene. So yes. it's like that smile where you're like, crushed like you're crumbling inside but you don't want your face to betray it so you're like uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm totally cool with this yeah. she does a great job of just like oh okay yeah and it totally reads as that yeah it's perfect like you can see that she's like almost crying and she's just like oh thanks that would be awesome and then he's like it's the least I could do <sighs> and walks away yeah the the acting her from her in this scene uh makes up for that weird men in black human suit reaction <laughs> 
when she with sees the cop. the cop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Angela goes out in the into the parking lot and it's like pouring rain and she spots Ricky sitting in the back of his cousin's car that we saw in the first episode where they're going to Let's Bolt. It's like that blue Cadillac or whatever. So I Ricky's cousin goes to school with them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, guess. that's I think oh, we're going to get to it. That's true. But yeah, he does. OK, yeah. So Ricky's yeah, Ricky's cousin goes to school with him. So he's sitting in the back of the car. And so she goes in to talk to him. Just kidding. She goes in to make things about herself. I can't make it through a whole day in there. <laughs> yeah. What do you need to hide from? Your life is perfect. <laughs> I'm serious. I would give anything to have your life. My life is so pathetic. You have this great house, parents that are like there, but no one bothers you at school. Good job, Ricky. Yeah. You are the voice of reason these navel-gazing a-holes need, especially like when we find out what's going on with Ricky in this episode. For her to come in and be like, my life is so hard. It's seriously so hard to get through a day. People are saying I had complete sex with this guy I'm in love with. Like, don't, Angela. Just don't. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much it. There's like a bit of business at the end where Patty says that she wishes that she could protect Angela, who responds that she can't protect her all the time. And we know that this conversation has two meanings and that one is far less important relative <laughs> to the other. The end. Ugh. <laughs> Flippin' Angela. Okay. So storyline number two. So now we're going to get into all the stuff about Ricky. Ricky's got a gun. So <laughs> uh, Brian... <laughs> I'm hilarious. <laughs> Brian is taking an IBS break. <laughs> Angela has some voiceover about how one of the things that is a constant that she knows is that Brian always has stomach trouble, which is Aww, like... poor Brian. Poor Brian. <laughs> poor Brian for having the stomach trouble. Poor Brian for ha- having someone know about it. <laughs> no, not so only intimately. Angela, but everybody knows because he has to get up in the middle of the JFK speech right. in class and run to the bathroom. So Brian's taking an IBS break and he sees Ricky being shoved in the hallway um, and then after the gunshot goes off, this is when the this is when the gunshot goes off. Right. Ricky and the unknown assailant, who's wearing the world's largest coat, oh run off in different directions. This coat is seriously. It giant. is so big. <laughs> this is like somebody went to the Salvation Army or like the Army Surplus Store and was like, "What do you have that would fit literally a giant?" That's or, what I want. Or went to the surplus store and was like. How many coats do you have? And they were like, eight. Good. I'll take them all. And assembled mega coat and wore it to school. That's what it looks like. So the gunshot goes off. And then Brian looks agog at the gun and the bullet hole in the locker above it that is now raining soda onto the hallway floor. So as we mentioned before, kids crowd into the hallway from the empty classrooms as soon as the gun goes off because this was before students were trained for active shooter response. So no one's doing run, hide, fight. Right. Um. And the girl whose locker got shot has other priorities. That's my soda. <laughs> that's my soda. Yeah, so, she, she, like, like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And she runs out. She's like, that's my soda. <laughs> and just, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, is this a teacher who comes out? Yeah, it's, the the his- teacher. it's a history, the history teacher. teacher. Yeah. Okay. So the history teacher comes out and he pushes his way through the crowd of teens and asked Brian if he saw the shooter, and Brian's still standing there with his mouth hanging open, so no. Yeah. And other students are milling around, talking about how crazy this was, but Rayanne is not impressed. Let me, I'm a big deal. It's not like anybody even got a flesh wound. A bottle of soda was shot tragically. Everybody knows there's like 50 guns in school at any given moment. And the fact that they haven't gone off before shows what a totally safe place this is. Give it a rest! Jeez. 
so yeah, they're in the bathroom, like we said, and Ricky shows up uh, making an excuse about his ripped shirt having gotten caught on a fence and acting really nonchalant about having been in English class when all this happened. But Rayanne starts poking holes in his story right away. So he changes the subject to the full sex, which we have discovered. <laughs> right. Which we've discussed. Yeah. Both. Um, yeah, both. <laughs> So uh, back at the Chase house, uh, it's dinner time, and Patty's super upset about the gunshot as she piles a mound of the bowl of green stuff that is dinner onto Danielle's plate. <laughs> and Danielle's like, that's too much. And like, I can't even figure out what this is. It looks is it like peas? No, what it literally looks like, it's in like a big glass or like a crystal bowl. And it looks like if you cut all the stalks off of broccoli and cubed it and mixed it with mayonnaise. Like, it's just yeah, like, this, like it's square this green Square green, salad. creamy something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, a scoop of that to me is too much. I have no idea what that was. And I can't figure out, like, is that their whole dinner or what's happening? Yeah. I don't know. It must have been Patty's turn to cook. <laughs> I, I'm guessing. I don't know. Or maybe... I, I mean, we never figured out what the philo situation was. So that's true. So who knows what Graham's food actually is? We don't see a lot of his completed dishes. Yeah, just, maybe maybe we just this know is like he's a good cook. Cilantro salad, right? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, so Angela acts like the gunshot is just another thing that is so annoying about being a teen, and Patty's doing her very special monologue about gun violence in school, um, and this honestly was actually really hard for me to watch right now, knowing that things are. Way worse yeah. than in, this. In today's context, this is, is much harder to hear. We have to worry about our kids being shot in school. How did it come to this? And it's like, yeah, how did it come to this? And this was 20 years ago. And how is it worse? Worse. So much worse now. And this also, you know, this show, this episode is even pre-Columbine. Oh, yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, because this is like 94 or yeah, something. And, and that, ha- you know, that happened when I was a senior in high school, like. I, I don't know. The, yeah. This whole this part of this storyline was so jarring for me because it's just like, it's it's almost a like it it is like this sort of very special episode like oh it's kind of hokey whatever but then it's like, uh, yeah it's everything is home. terrible. <laughs> like I got bad news for you, Patty. Yeah, it is <laughs> only going to get much 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 worse. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Maybe look into that private school after all. Yeah. Not oh. that I mean. Well, I was going to say not yeah. that that might help. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, Patty suggests dropping off Angela every morning, like keep her safer. Uh, which is to me where she loses the thread. That makes zero sense. Yeah. Taking your kid to school if if school is where your kid is going to get shot. How they get there yeah. makes no you're, difference. You're just delivering them there quicker, really. <laughs> right. And Graham concedes that they can't be with her all the time. And Angela, true to form, sounds like she would rather get shot than have her parents <laughs> drop her off. We're not going to change our entire lives over this. It was one stupid gunshot. You're not dropping me at school. God. God. <laughs> Like, only Angela could be like, God, about guns in school, you know? know. God, this is so annoying. God. (laughs) (laughs) So after dinner, Graham and Patty are doing the dishes. And Patty suggests sacrificing other expenses to send Angela to private school. Because, you know, like I mentioned, maybe that would be safer. But, you know, probably not. And Graham points out that there's nothing extra to sacrifice. And Patty misses the olden days in a sort of dated fashion, but the gun part remains horrifying to think about. How about just a place they can live and walk to school and become grown-ups without having to worry about guns and AIDS and serial murderers? That didn't used to be exotic. That wasn't the province of the rich. We all had that. Why can't they have that? Yeah, why indeed, Patty? I know. Oh, my God. heartbreaking. Especially the part about that wasn't the provenance of the rich because that seems even more... 
true I now. Know. Awful. So back at school, police are searching lockers. And Angela sees Ricky being pushed around by David Silver style 90s bullies in flannels and backward hats and hoobarians. <laughs> and uh, he makes eye contact with her, like like we mentioned, for a minute and then runs off. So he's, again, he sees her yeah. seeing him. He sees her do nothing. Right. And, Angela, Angela's trash. <laughs> and meanwhile, Brian is suddenly a celebrity because he was there when the gun went off. And so Sharon brings Gina, an apparent gunshot groupie, to oh. meet him. Gina heard he chased the gunman, and Brian doesn't work too hard to dissuade her. No, and this chick is like, I know that she's not a like principal character, but she's kind of a terrible actor. <laughs> she is not good. Uh, but right after that, Mr. Foster comes and escorts Brian away to question him. Oh my gosh, you mean Principal Hansy? This yeah, guy oh my is goodness. so like... Every time he he approaches Brian, it's like hands on the shoulder, rubby hands, massagey hands, yeah. massaging shoulders. So Which like, is a thing maybe of its time, too. I feel like uh, school administrators know not to do this now. And, uh, you know, I, they shouldn't have been doing it then. But, like, especially this guy who is so, yeah. like, threatening yes. when you combine threats with that kind of physical touching. touching. <laughs> Not really cool, Mr. Foster. And if it happened once, if he came up and was just like grabbed his shoulder and was right. like, hey, Brian, how you doing? But it's literally like every time they interact together, he's touching him in some way, which just makes the threatening aspect of it like so much worse. Yeah, it's super it's like, creepo. Yeah, it's like one of those like threatening massages. Yeah. Where you're like, <laughs> right. I know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I know, women know what a threatening massage yeah. is. You know, I know. So in Mr. Foster's office, Brian hears that all of his teachers give him an unqualified thumbs up. Don't know what that means. Great. <laughs> Brian is reluctant to repeat the details of what he saw in the hallway. And Mr. Foster does his best iced tea impression. Oh my gosh, seriously. Asking, are you telling me? <laughs> asking Brian exactly what kind of bathrooming he had to do in order to determine how long he might have been in the bathroom. It's so creepy he and intrusive. Wants to. He's like, what kind? What kind? Yeah. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like how does that matter stop no he's trying to be a detective it's so gross and brian says that he heard the scuffle but he won't say that he saw ricky and mr foster keeps pressing because he cannot believe someone would let anyone keep them from pooping he's like so you instead of answering the call of nature decided and it's like yes Which, if you had to go to the bathroom but then a gunshot went off you, you wouldn't be like yeah. hold that i have to go poop i like, what yeah priorities yeah priorities uh, so Mr. Foster threatens Brian's aforementioned unblemished record and says he'd better not find out he's protecting anyone. And then Brian leaves the office and sees Ricky standing outside, probably worrying that Brian ratted on him. Oh, my gosh. But we have to talk about <laughs> Ricky's outfit. I love this outfit. Oh, my gosh. OK, so it's it's my favorite shirt. The one that I mentioned with like the brick, the yellow with the black bricks, and yep. the, the like red squares, whatever. And then he's wearing like a vintage cardigan with like tan stripes and then black pants, red socks and black loafers. Love the red socks. Oh, yes. It's so good. I think they appear again. I think I mentioned I feel like I mentioned them somewhere else. But there's something about his like his sock game yeah. is on point. Like he has the, a little bit too short. Pants, yes, and loafer with visible sock thing, like eighties Michael Jackson yes. style, yeah. perfect, De like or or like current hipster style, yes, like <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful, and he's just leaning, like he's leaning against the locker, and it's like a sideways shot, and you could just like click that, and it'd be album cover. It's yeah, beautiful, absolutely, yeah. So later in the night, a whole gaggle of parents has convened so that Mr. Foster can address their concerns about school violence. And the parents are adamant that they will not live with terror in school, which, again, is like, 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, thanks, 90s parents, I guess. Nothing happened. I know. It didn't get better. Uh, and then Patty, as we mentioned before, encounters Rayanne's mom, Amber, and she enjoys her teardown of Mr. Foster. Yeah, because she's just like, what are you doing? Like, you're not doing anything. Protect our kids. It's great. Yeah. So uh, back at school the next day, the 90s bullies are harassing Ricky again. And the one who's dressed like the singer from Faith No More <laughs> asks him if he's wearing perfume because I guess that's the best gay insult he can think of. Just so stupid. He's like, what is that? Is that perfume? Like, like Ricky could just be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they run into Rayanne and she does what Angela could have done mm-hmm. and saves him by deflecting the attention onto herself just by showing up there. He is not thrilled to have been saved. No, but, but she, I mean, second time of being like a redemptive good friend. Yeah. Because, yeah. And Ricky <laughs> says to one of the, the bully guys, he's like, you know, you're boring, don't you? Which I am so adopting. Yes. I'm going to start saying to people like, yes. you know, you're boring. I have so good. some specific people in mind <laughs> to use that on. It's such a good because he's like, no, you're wearing perfume. Huh? And they like call him like the derogatory gay F word. Right. And then he's just like, you know, you're boring, don't you? And it's like, oh, good job, Ricky. Yeah. I'm doing that. Yeah. So in class, then uh, this is the same scene where, you know, Angela can't be bothered to listen to this discussion because oh, yeah. of the note. The teacher, uh, the history teacher, is discussing how much of a right to safety the students have. And Ricky says that the history teacher doesn't have any idea what goes on at the school. What, you're saying that if somebody's threatened, that it's okay for them to carry a gun in school? You don't think the school authorities can protect them? Man, you don't know what goes on around here. Yes. If I was... Say I was threatened, and I'm not saying that I am. I'd be packing in no time. No time at all. Oh, heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Especially, I mean, this is another thing, too, when you think about, like, you know, this is kind of basic bullying. This mm-hmm. was the kind of bullying that could happen, but then you could, like, leave school and the bullying was over. Yeah. And this is another thing that has gotten so much worse because now you can't get away. Yeah. Now there's, now there's like, social media bullying. Like, he wasn't being bullied on Facebook right. or, like, Instagram. It was just... Nobody was making fake Instagram accounts with pictures of him. Yeah. And, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. all of the things that you can do now to torment people. Yeah. And that was bad. Like, this was bad enough. Yeah, exactly. And... It should be pointed out that so while he's pouring his heart out and saying all this stuff about like, you know, if I was being bullied and and which everyone can see, everyone has seen him be bullied around school. So it's like he's saying this, Rayanne and like Brian Krakow and everyone who knows him are kind of like exchanging looks like, oh, crap, like poor Ricky, like this is all happening while this is all happening. Angela's looking at her dick pic note. Like, yeah. this is where she's just like, uh, that's canon now that that's what it is. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and this is like, like her, one of her, you know, allegedly best friends is like saying this very poignant, important thing, but she's just like, someone thinks I did it with somebody. Yeah. Which I, you know, I'm not victim blaming or whatever, but within the context of what is happening, put that on the back burner and right. deal with your friend's stuff. Be there for him first and then deal with your own. Crime. Yeah. This can be important, but like more than one thing can be important. And the yeah. other thing that is important could be not about you. Yes. <laughs> it's entirely possible that not everything that's important is about you. Exactly. So back in the counselor's office, the therapist that they hired to deal with the Aftermath of the shooting, the girl whose soda got shot unpacks her tragic loss. And like right before the gun went off, I was thinking about how much I wanted that soda. Is that weird? Like, why did I leave it there in the first place? And what if I would have gotten up to go get it like right at that moment? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. What if? I mean, and I think like this just makes me think about how like 
if she had just like she is in real danger because the way that this school works where you can just come and go as you please right if she had decided she wanted that soda she could have just, just gotten up out of class to get it yeah she could have just gone and got she would have just left yeah so she totally could have been there that's true so you know fair enough <laughs> And then Rayanne, who's totally only there to try to get a few days off of school, does a whole dog and pony show about how traumatized she is, even though if all she wanted to do was leave class, she could have just done that. True. Thanks to the open campus policy they apparently have. <laughs> right. You know, you don't want to be at the school, just leave. That's how this school works. I don't know why she's doing this whole thing. But again, it might be this sort of performative, like, this is a way to get people to feel bad for to get sympathy that she yeah. feels safe getting. Yeah. So... Back in Mr. Foster's office, Bren is being interviewed by actual detectives this time. And he's still insisting that Brian tell him about the noise <laughs> that caused him to ignore the need to poop and come out of the bathroom. But then we cut away. So who knows what was said? Yeah. And back in the hallway, Brian runs into Rayanne, who reminds him that snitches get stitches, yeah. essentially. And then uh, Brian passes two middle-aged men, I mean, teen jocks. <laughs> Who give him a solidarity fist? That's what they're doing? Yeah. It's, it's, right, okay. Yeah, they give him, like, the power right, fist. Right, because like, I, I, right on. <laughs> there was a second where I was like, are they, are they saying yeah, or are they saying, I'm going to punch you? Yeah. No, it was I, a little hard to tell. I think it's, like, the right on, like, the, yeah. Okay, and then Sharon comes up dressed in another pink monstrosity. Why do they put her in so much pink? I have, I a, well, actually, I have a theory about this. I was thinking about this. Okay. Um, Lay it on me. <laughs> they decided that pink, like, whoever, the costume designer decided that pink is the color for this character because it's it's like girly, it's yeah. innocent, mm-hmm. uh, and that's sort of representative of her. And they were really married to this idea and did not know that the person they would be dressing would be a redhead. Yeah. And then when they oh, got yeah. her, we're like, well, I already decided this is symbolic. <laughs> yeah. Because they put her in so much pink. So much this pink. This is like the third pink thing she's in, and it is hideous. So much pink and like... I'm going to say uh, 98% of her wardrobe is like floral. Yeah. It's like flowers, flowers and pink, flowers, pink, scrunchies, flowers, pink. Yeah. So to, yeah, to be like, she's girly and like, she's basically like one of the babysitters club. Right. Like it's exactly. Those, like that's her, her wardrobe thing. Yeah. And I think this pink thing that you're talking about is the thing that uh, in the first episode, it's like the vest with the maroon pants. Yeah. I think it's that. Yeah. That situation. There, There's another dress in this, sh- in this episode. Uh, it's like a long kind of prairie dress. Yes. that's also pink. One of those that buttons up the front. Yeah. Yeah. I Awful. Know. I know. <laughs> Awful. Um, and she, anyway, she tells Brian that if he knows anything, about the gunshot that he should tell in the most simpering way possible. Yeah, it's really just like, like if you saw something, you should say something. And it's, because yeah, everyone it's, already like yeah. it's not really like Brian do what's right. It's just like it would just be really cool. Like if you said something, it's dumb. obnoxious. Yeah. yeah, and then gunshot groupie Gina hits up Brian to do an interview for the school paper. Yeah. So on the way to class, Angela asks Rayanne what Ricky even did, and Rayanne says she doesn't know, but she's sure it was out of self preservation. What is there actually to rat on Ricky? Do you know? Well, whatever he did, he did because he had to. You haven't had to clean him up after some Neanderthal beats the hell out of him. Yeah, Angela, like if how you would have had to if you were a friend and stepped in and did something. Right. So now, like, besides what we've already seen, we know for sure that this is Ricky has been routinely victimized and bullying for, bullied for being gay beyond what we've just seen in this episode. Like, this is something that has been systematic and has been going on for a while, which makes his insistence on being so obviously himself all the time all the more brave and charming to me. because he's doing it in the face of... In the face of all of this. Yeah. Okay, before we move on, (laughs) we need to talk about Rayanne's outfit because it is freaking bonkers. So I get that, like... 
I get that the whole thing with Rihanna is that they they dress her in a way so that we know, like, with just a visual cue that she's, like, free-spirity, wild, right. you know, flower child, whatever the thing is. But her outfit in, in this scene is so insane. So she's wearing, like, patchwork jeans with docks, a flannel shirt, and then it's under, like, a shower curtain coat. Like, it... right. Like, I think it's a raincoat because it's raining outside, but it looks like a like a floral pink coat made out of a shower curtain. It's crazy. Yeah, it looks like a really weird thing that I would have found at a thrift store and yeah. thought was cool and, like, see pictures of it now. And I'm like, oh, God. But also something that they would dress if, like, if the wardrobe people were trying to, like, if you walked into a house and it was, like, a shut-in weird woman. Right. Like, <laughs> and maybe that's all she would be wearing. Like a Grey Garden situation. Yes. And then all of that, like, salad is topped off with a bowler cap. Obviously. Yeah. So it's, like, <laughs> just top to bottom. Like, as soon, when she's walking down the hall, you're just like, what? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. It's bananas. Uh, so back in class, Brian is once again apprehended by Mr. Foster. This dude does not give up. Mm-mm. He asks if Brian knows Ricky, and Brian plays dumb. So Mr. Foster does another iced tea impression. Oh, give it a rest, guy. You're going to come to my office today at 3 o'clock and you're going to tell me everything you know about Ricky Vasquez and anyone else who might be involved in this incident. And if you don't, no matter what your grade scores, you may not be going to this school much longer. You get my clear intent. Wow. Calm down, sir. Are you telling me (laughs) that you declined to poop? (laughs) Like, I mean, that's what this is. Ice tea is better. Ice tea is better at this. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> People know what I'm referring to, yes. right? Law and Order SVU. Okay. If you don't, if you're not familiar with Law and Order SVU, if anybody here is not, I can't imagine that the audience for this. Yeah. Would be something, would be people who do not watch Law & Order SVU. Or at least understand. Or at least like, know the situation. But yeah. like, honestly. Where Ice-T's performance is just like chewing the scenery of just like, right. so you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't know about this, um, you can get a quick, uh, you can get a quick primer on it if you just Google Oh, John Mulaney, oh, Ice okay. Tea. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, so yes, Google yes. John Mulaney Ice Tea, and he will explain the situation to you yeah. in like a three-minute clip. So that's this guy, but in like a bow tie, right? Is yeah, right. So later in the computer lab, which I assume this is the correct term for what this room full of Apple II GSs right. was at the time, <laughs> this like dank sad room, <laughs> right? Um, Angela confronts Brian about Ricky and the gun and asks him. Please not to ruin Ricky yeah. for a second before she turns it into being about herself. Right. And then outside in the rainy parking lot, Angela sees Ricky hiding in the backseat of a car. And he explains, like we said, that he hides out like this a lot and that he wishes he had a nice, easy, privileged life like she does. And Angela presses him about the gun and he explains. Angela, I don't carry a gun. I wouldn't even know how to shoot one. But didn't Brian see you? Isn't that what he's going to tell them? This is really serious. People are going to think you're a dangerous person. I know. That's what I want. Aww. So Ricky explains that initially the fight was with his cousin, whose car it is, and who goes to school with them, uh, who brought the gun to school to sell it. And then when Ricky got mad at him for bringing it to school, that's when a tussle ensued, the gun went off, and the cousin peed his pants about it. (laughs) Thank God he had the giant coat to cover it up. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But he still hopes that he gets characterized as dangerous because he feels like that would help him, like he says. And they have a really sweet moment of connection, which... Ricky deserves from Angela or anyone way more than Jordan ever will. Seriously. I always think of you as Rayanne's friend. I mean, like, you just think of me as someone who's just 
you know, around. It's weird how something has to happen sometimes to see how you actually feel about someone. What that should say is it's weird that sometimes something actually has to happen in order for you to stop thinking about yourself for a second right. <laughs> and look at somebody else. <laughs> yeah, but even her self-realizations are centered around herself. Yeah. So. Oh, Ricky. Yeah. So back in Mr. Foster's office, I guess it's three o'clock. Hmm. Brian is ready for his final interrogation. Showdown. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rayanne, who's waiting outside with Angela, has the world's whitest take on the situation. Oh, holy moly. Angela, there's nothing to worry about. I mean, Harlan, this guy Tino knows, he's been arrested with a gun twice, and nothing ever happened. It's no big deal. I would really like to be put out of my misery. Same, Angela. We, uh-huh. We, we feel that way about you, too, yeah. at this point. I bet Harlan is a white man. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I know. Uh, on the list, in the and also, you know, this also goes on the list of things from this episode that are way worse now. Yeah, way worse. I know because the lead up to this conversation is them talking about like, what if Ricky gets caught and what if he goes to prison and like Rand's making jokes like, I know who's going to give him his eyeliner and all this stuff. And Which it's like, like, I've seen prison shows. He can get eyeliner. That's not the issue. <laughs> I know. But it's like, yeah. And then Rand's like, it's fine. I know this white guy that didn't even get arrested. Yeah, it's and cool. it's like, well, of course, of course you do. Of yeah. course you do. Okay. So oh, back in the office. Brian tells his story. I went to the bathroom. I heard a scuffle, then a shot. I came out. I saw two pairs of legs running in opposite directions. Who those people were, I can't say. And if you, or these men, or anybody else threatens me anymore, or pressures me anymore, Brian, I will insist on having a lawyer, and I will sue you for harassment and anything else I can. And if you try to expel me in order to solve your public relations problems, then I will reveal to anyone who will listen just who is destroying the spirit of this school. Brian, Brian, yeah. Brian. Brian is not taking any more crap. Free Brian. I love it. If you or any of these men ask me about pooping one, <laughs> one more, more time, time, I will unleash hell and poop on the school. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so this part makes me feel like, you know, th- this... It feels like the very special episode is about the gun. Yeah. But really what it feels like in this moment, the very special episode is, is about like doing the right thing. Yeah. And that that thing isn't always the safe thing or the easy thing. Yeah. Because he's like, if you guys aren't going to protect Ricky, then I am. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's worth doing for people you care about. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the things I really like about the themes of this episode, yeah. you know, and it kind of, it kind of made up for me the, the horrible depressingness of how much worse everything is, yeah. how much worse everything is. Yeah. Also take a note, Angela, that's how you be a friend. Right? Yes. At, for, Brian did that for Ricky. Ricky, who he barely, barely knows. Has met like once in his kitchen because, when they were talking about his apparatus. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> because, you know, even like Brian with his tri- triangle hair and his <laughs> lurking outside, Brian is a good guy. Yeah. That's how you do that. Yes. So there are redeeming people on the show. (laughs) So the next morning, it's sunny again. And in the Chase kitchen, Patty, like we said, laments that she can't protect Angela. And at school, Ricky catches up to Brian. They share a knowing look, but they don't speak. Mm -hmm. And the whole gang converges at the entrance of the school where they see a metal detector. And they walk through it in stunned silence. And it's very, like, dramatic music, like, dun, dun, dun. Right. (laughs) Um, and scene and scene except that 
Rayanne's bonkers outfit number two. <laughs> so as they're walking into the school, which it's like, oh, it's so hard because she's wearing this outfit and it's like up against this very dramatic thing where they're walking into like the metal detector. The music lets us know like, oh, no, this is really serious. But it's so hard to take seriously because she's wearing this thing that is insane. So she's wearing like uh, just like lace up vans, like low top, whatever, like three hole lace up, like black van socks, black leggings, a petticoat, which is like. Like, imagine what you would wear under a dress that you were wearing to a hoedown. Right. Like, that's what it looks like. It's, like, pink and layered and, like, lacy and flouncy, like a petticoat, a bra, a flannel, and a ball cap. So just imagine that look head to toe. Like, ball cap, (laughs) bra, flannel, flouncy petticoat, black leggings, socks, vans, walking into dun-dun-dun metal detector. (laughs) It's just, like... I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I'm very conflicted right now. That outfit's insane. Yeah. So speaking of outfits, let's do It Hurts to Look at You. Yes. It Hurts to Look at You. All right. What was your uh, best look from the show? I mean, definitely that shorts and tights situation that Angela was wearing. Like, I, I feel like anytime it's something I currently wear, that's what I have to pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's definitely that. That was good with the flannel and mm-hmm. all the stuff. Yeah. Um, as much as I want to pick Ricky's hole with the Red Sox thing, I need to like, I need to give some space because I feel like I always pick Ricky. So I'm going to go with Angela. She's wearing this thing when she's in the counselor's office, making it all about herself. But and it's also the thing she's wearing when she's like laid out on the bed being all sulky and sad and angsty. But it's like this velvet romper thing. It's like a dark, like a plum color with flowers on it. I can't tell if it's a skirt or shorts. I couldn't figure that out either. I was yeah. trying. I, I actually rewound it when she was walking and you could see her from behind a yeah. bunch of times because I was like, I think I can tell. Wait, I can't tell. Yeah. I think I can tell. Yeah. It's crazy. Either way. Yeah. But so, I like that a lot. Yeah. So it's either shorts or, or a skirt it's like this velvet little dress thing it's sleeveless and then under it she's wearing a black long sleeve shirt and black leggings and boots and it's like that's something i would wear now yeah looks comfortable looks cute looks good on her yeah the coloring and everything that was a good one all right more importantly what was the worst look God, it's so many there's I so know. many to choose from i mean Spoiled i am choice. really tempted to go with anything sharon is wearing in this whole episode <laughs> because it's all pink yeah it's all pink and it's all bad and it's such a disservice to her yeah all flowers, all pink yeah, all the time. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Okay, so mine, I really volleyed back and forth between Rayanne's bonkers outfits, but I think I'm going to go with the second one with the petticoat. Yeah. Because the first one, even though the shower curtain coat, and all, it literally looks like if a kid was dressing up as a hobo for Halloween and they just went in their parents' closet and right. was like grabbed a bunch of like things that don't go together. But if she takes off the shower curtain coat... I'm okay with the flannel bowler cap jeans doc situation. Right. Like, that looks okay. And that's that, especially that hat is sort of a quirky 90s whatever. Yeah. You know. But she can pull it off and it's fine. But the second look with the petticoat and the flat, like there's no redemption in that outfit. There's None. nothing where it's like. What is happening? Remove one thing before you leave the house. There's nothing she could remove that would that save would make that it outfit. okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if she took off the petticoat and it was just the leggings and the bra top and she looked like a fly girl from yeah. color, you know, or from in living color. But were you going to say color me bad? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was. That would have been good. It would have just been all color blocked. Like all, it would have been, it would have been all cross colors overalls with yeah. one strap down. And like Nehru jackets. That's and, also like... <laughs> cute. That would have been cute. <laughs> I would have gone with that. Uh, so yeah, that outfit is not okay. All right. Thank you guys for joining us this episode and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Join us each week for a new episode of My SoPod Life. Follow us on Instagram at My SoPod Life to check out visuals from the show. You can also get in touch with us at mysopodlife at gmail.com and on Facebook at My SoPod Life to join in the conversation. 
And please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcastery. Talk to you next week. God, just shoot me.